It's now time for the Crime Report, sponsored by the Crime Stoppers, Suffolk County. 1-800-220-TIPS, 220-8477. All calls kept anonymous. Monetary reward of up to $5,000 given for information that would lead to an arrest. In a case, Joe Jacklin, of course, a retired sergeant, NYPD, former commanding officer, Bronx Cool, K-Squad, current adjunct professor at John Jay College and an author of the bestseller, Criminal Investigative Function, a guy with new investigators, edition number three. And let's not forget, Sarge, a highly decorated member in his day of the NYPD, including uh, the Department Medal of Valor. We say a very good morning uh, to the Sarge. Joseph, how are you? I hope you're well. Good morning, Jay. Yep, I'm well. Hope you are, too. I am doing okay. Uh, You know, I got to tell you something. I was... I wanted to start out with this because, you know, again, you know, it's it's almost like a broken record, folks. Every week there's something going on. This one caught my eye during the week, Joe, and that was with the governor and, of course, the great mayor of New York. So what a tandem. They're like Batman and Robin. I mean, that's really what it is. You can't win. If you're a cop in this town, you just can't win. And I was looking at a story. I don't know if you caught it. An 18-year-old um, in video. She's using orange paint to disable a downtown NYPD anti-crime camera, part of an Occupy City Hall protest late last month, by the way, as well as more videos uh, from other angles. She's charged in four other incidents from recent weeks, including for allegedly writing graffiti inside the Oculus of the World Trade Center. Can you believe this? And it's like nothing. It's like water off a duck's back. You know, you hear the governor calling the tape of the arrest disturbing and frightening, not for the fact of what this 18-year-old did, but it's how the cops got her and arrested her. I mean, this is a girl, 18, arrested, charged, and released without incident or impropriety, without ever even nearing any secret torture chamber, so to speak. I got to tell you, it's disturbing. And it kind of says it all as far as what's been going on, Joe. Yeah, no, I, it seems as if, um, you know, the governor and the mayor actually has the backs of all the, the people who commit crimes out there. So, yeah, of course, every time something goes wrong, it's always the cops' fault, right? Uh, you know, we even had Jerry Nadler, you know, saying that this was like a kidnapping. I, I guess, you know, all the cops in uniform with the bicycles, I mean, I guess everybody just ignores that part. But, you know... People say, "Well, how did they find you know find her?" And it's very easy. She's all she is on so many videos that it's it, it would be very easy. And plus, she's got tattoos on her. I mean, it's very identifiable. So uh, when people are scratching their heads and, and wondering how uh, you know they they actually found her, uh, I'm like a little perplexed at that. So I mean, it's just good police work. It is what it is. Warrant teams run around in those vans because what happens is. They, uh, they, you know, they just don't pick up one person on a warrant. They pick up several at a time. So that's why they use the van, so they can they can stack the prisoners, so to speak. So, you know, I I, I don't know anymore, Jay. It just seems as if um, both the governor and the mayor doesn't want the police department to do anything. Just let the criminals do whatever they want to do. 
And, uh, you know, that's where New York is, is headed. And you can see it in the crime numbers. It's as simple as that. Speaking of the numbers, uh, another bloody weekend of shootings, Joe. Ten homicides. You know, now you had in the uh, beginning of the week, I think it was Monday, Dermot Shea, Commissioner of NYPD, uh, acknowledging now that a citywide strategy uh, to quell the gun violence uh, and it's uh, has yet to make any tangible headway. That's what he said. Listen to this. Three-day period, Friday, Sunday. City, 29 shootings, 10 of which led to killings. I mean, the beat goes on here. Sunday violence pushed the total number of shootings this year to 745. That's a that's an increase of 73% over the same period last year. So, so far this year, 907 shooting victims. If this pace continues, the city may, by the end of the week, uh, may or exceed 922 gunfire victims recorded in all, folks, in all of last year. Joe, the numbers are real here. And it kind of says it all. Well, absolutely. And I, and I believe they already, unfortunately, passed that mark. I already think we already have more shootings uh, than they did all of last year. And it's not, it's not even August yet. So it, it is. you have a long, hot summer. I said this in a couple of interviews. I said, we're in for a long, hot summer. Uh, the, the politicians just don't get it that they have now removed all forms of deterrence. You have no bail. You have no jail. You have selective prosecution by you know progressive DAs. You got rid of quality of life offenses. There's no more, you know, drinking, urinating, public summonses. There's no more, you know, gambling. There's no more. So what happens is everybody's hanging out, they're drinking, this and that, and these fights kick off, too. That's, a, that's something else that has to be thought of. But you know what, Jay? The gangs are, are, are ruling the streets again. And this is what happens. And they don't get it. They just don't get it. So they are, um, yeah. Be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. 100% right. Gang, Joe hit it on the end. Look what's happening. We, we stated last week in Chicago, folks. Okay, look what's happening in Chicago right now, where you have 12,000 cops, 55 different gangs, okay? We're talking different gangs here, okay? You can, you can see what's going on here. The gang crew members are taking over. They are carrying the illegal guns. They're not afraid to use them. This is what has been told through all of the of the experts. Uh, that's why you have seen uh, this play a big time role in the resurgence of violence, as Joe said. A lack of sitting grand juries in the city has contributed to a backlog. Joe, listen to this: eleven hundred open but unindicted gun cases. Some of the defendants now held in jail following a preliminary hearing. And these defendants, by the way, out in the street on their own recognizance in about 40% of the open gun cases. This is why, folks, you have seen an uptick. And I don't see it getting better, Sarge. I'll tell you, I really don't. I don't see it getting better. No, and uh, I, I did an interview with Fox News yesterday, and I and, and a couple others, and I just said it, it only gets worse from here. It, it just it does, it won't get any better. It's only going to get worse because as this thing spirals out of control, uh, there is zero re- political repercussions. So the Corey Johnsons of the world, the Rory Lansmans of the you know who who actually wrote the the diaphragm bill that's being referred to as. Uh, is preventing cops from going out there and, and making arrests. And you know what? Removing of the anti-crime team is is probably you know it was the cherry on the cake, so to speak. It um, it was the it was the final straw that broke the camel's back. For you know to use a couple more analogies, but 
the issue that, that that comes down to is that it is going to get ugly. And, you know, in a, in a situation where you were hoping that people would start to be coming back to the city to start doing, you know, you know, visiting and tourists and stuff like that, I think people are going to be turned off now by the crime. And I'm telling you, people are leaving New York in droves. Uh, I have friends that live in other states, and they're saying that the real estate offices are full of people from New York and New Jersey buying houses and getting going to the suburbs and getting out of New York. Uh, it's just anecdotal. I don't have the numbers, of course, but you know this is what they're telling me. And, and the mayor made a, a, an important thing yesterday. He said that uh, he addressed the arrest of the person for damaging the property and said it was not the time or the place to make the arrest. Uh, when, well, when is the right time and the place? I mean, it, what's, we know exactly who was responsible behind uh, dismantling the anti-crime units after that statement. I could tell you that right now. Uh, the great mayor placed a mural. Uh, I, I thought I heard that in passing this morning. He placed a mural on a Queen Street where there was some violence. Placing murals now. He, he's not placing murals for the enforcement end of things, folks. He's placing murals for what he thinks are the victims, the anarchists, the same people, by the way, who take sticks and billy clubs and hit police over the head. You know, the same people who who get cops in chokeholds, okay? Uh, you mentioned the great Corey Johnson in the 47th. I haven't heard from uh, the Speaker of the Council of New York City. The 47-3 vote to ban chokeholds. But it's okay for the other side to have a chokehold going as far as a cop. Nobody says anything on that. Where's coming to Cuomo on that? I'll tell you, tough to take. You never know what a weekend brings. I'll tell you, Joe, it's unbelievable. Well, there's supposed to be a lot of rain today, so that could help uh, put a damper on things. But um, it, it's it's really, after a while, you, you start to, it's like watching, uh, like I said, a slow-moving train wreck. You're just looking at it, and you, you, you're trying to say, when is somebody going to react? But they won't. They won't step in because they would have to admit failure, and they won't do that because their uh, their, their egos would never allow them to do that. No question. Joe Jackal on the crime report. Let's go to a couple of things here. Do we know anything on this woman that was found in a wooded area in Manorville? Some guy was jogging, uh, saw the body. Uh, do we know anything, Joe, more on this uh, situation? Uh, the name of the uh, victim not known yet, pending notification. Anything that you could tell us? No, right now that the homicide squad is uh, investigating. That's not unusual, and that doesn't make it necessarily a homicide, but I would probably speculate that it is. There are a number of uh, incidents that have happened now on Long Island where there, there's we've been left out of the loop, so to speak, about the ending, right? So there was a carjacking in Wanto, there was a shooting in Ronkonkoma, and, and they, you know, uh, they just say, well, and the police are investigating, and then we never hear the end of it. And, you know, unless they make an arrest somewhere down the road. So it's it's getting interesting to see what's happening here on Long Island and if this has any spillover from what's transpiring in chaos in New York City. Uh, yeah, you have to start putting pieces together. That's a good point. You really don't hear a lot on these stories. You know, you hear the initial crime and then it goes dormant until uh, they're lucky enough to get an arrest. But uh, you really don't have anything uh, in between as far as information is concerned. 100% right. Joe Jacklin with the Crime Report. Joe, what was your take uh, on that uh, situation out in Water Mill last weekend when you had the Chainsmokers concert, you had violations and uh, COVID regulations not being followed and the supervisors on the stage playing the drums leaves the venue at 10 o'clock. And uh, here we go again. Uh, you know, I hope you don't get a spread of this stuff, but 
VIP area was formed. A couple of hundred people right near that stage. You know, I was just wondering about law enforcement here. You have law enforcement with the patrol. What, did they go home to at 10 o'clock? I mean, unbelievable what happened out in the East End, huh? Yeah, no, I mean, I know, I understand everyone's all pent up and everyone, but the, this thing is still spreading. <laughs> and, it, you know, we're never going to get out of our own way if we just don't, uh, you know, <laughs> do stuff like this. I mean, if you look at the situation at hand with COVID, whatever, uh, it, it's, it doesn't seem to get any better. But, you know, and unfortunately, law enforcement always gets stuck back. How do you, how does law enforcement, you know, enforce this stuff when you have such crowds like this? It's just, it's it's up to the people who put these together and the, and the political people who are in charge to try to, you know, mitigate some of this stuff. But it's just, uh, we're just going to hear it over and over and over again. And um, can't, f- no, can't figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Can't, can't figure it out. Uh, unbelievable. But uh, you know, listen. And when you let your guard down, this is how uh, this is how this thing goes, like wildfire. And hopefully, you know, listen. Uh, the governor is launching an investigation. We'll see how it goes. But uh, troubling stuff last weekend. And I'll throw one more at you here. I don't know if you caught this one. Uh, where you have the county prosecuting attorney out in St. Louis. I think his name is Wesley Bell. That's his name. He will not bring charges against the former police officer who shot and killed Michael Brown. And I'm going back, folks, to the Ferguson incident, Missouri. That was 2014, saying he had reached the decision uh, after uh, having opened an unannounced new probe into the case. It lasted five months. So that decision comes uh, after... A St. Louis grand jury declined to indict Darren Wilson. The Justice Department also declining the charge from the following year. Interesting how these cases come about. You know, Ferguson kind of started all Joe six years ago uh, with the police brutality and everything else. But again, you know, we always implore people to, you know, kind of do their research. Know the entire story. Uh, before you rush to judgment here. So this was an interesting one that caught my eye regarding a prosecuting attorney who uh, will not bring charges against the police officer there who shot and killed Michael Brown, huh? Well, we saw a number of prosecutors across the country open up cases uh, of police-involved shootings after the uh, Minneapolis um, killing of George Floyd. So, you know, this was just another thing of exercise in futility. You had not only the, the St. Louis prosecutor uh, at the time the grand jury passed, but President Obama's DOJ passed on it, and then Trump's DOJ passed on it. So it went through two administrations, including Obama's, who was a lot tougher on the cops than I, I, people would say in Trump. So people seem to forget that fact that Darren Wilson was, was passed through by the FBI and uh, Eric Holder. So for, for him to reopen it, whatever, it was just a pandering move for political gain. And that's all it was. It was just an exercise in futility. I mean, it, when you have all of the, when you when the feds and everybody else are saying no, what makes you think you're going to be able to do it? So yeah, good, it was, good point. It, it's just yeah, it's just a dog and pony show. It really is it's unbelievable. Uh, and this is what happens, folks, because with all that's going on right now, all the discussions, everything you're seeing here about defunding and everything else, this is how these cases in this particular one the. The Michael Brown deal in Ferguson was back in 2014. You're going to have kind of a redrumming of all this stuff going on. Uh, and that's what's going on in our society right now. And Joseph, uh, the taxpayer money. <laughs> yeah, 100%. You're right, 100%. Joe, you stay. Uh, we'll talk again next week. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully, as you say, maybe the rain 
with all the rain happening in and around the big city, uh, it will quell a little bit of the stuff happening as far as the violence. We'll see. Kelsey. Thank you, sir. Always good to Absolutely. talk with you. There you go. Great job, Jacqueline.